Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It's Evelyn and you're listening to Life Over Matter. And for my regular listeners, thank you for coming back and listening for another episode. And for those of you who are new, I talk in this podcast really about living our best life and learning how to live our best life. And it's a journey and we do different exercises and things like that. Uh, it is something that's a daily thing that, that I'm working on all the time. And some of the stuff is things that you think that you already know and then you delve into it and then you find out that you could be better. And that's what it's all about, right? Is holding on to those moments and making sure that we're the best that we can be at all the different things and where we fall short identifying those things and not kind of just wiping across them and pretending like they're not there, sweeping them under the carpet, if you will. And so I like to recognize some things that I could use some uh, added boosts with. And then along the way, if I find anything that I'm a little bit more skilled at than other things, or maybe I have a little bit more knowledge, like my my spiritual background, then I'll add some input in, information and input <laughs> Input and information at the same time apparently is input. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's been that kind of week and I have a pretty special weekend coming up here. So there was some information this week that was coming across my desk and across my mind that I could not wait to share with you guys. And I guess it's also themed with uh, what is uh, today's topic, which is the monkey mind. Okay. I have been working with a teacher here where I live on learning transcendental meditation. And I think I've mentioned it before. I, I will take classes and I'm all, I'm all about learning as much as I can and guiding myself to the right direction uh, and working with what I feel comfortable in and polishing on those things and maybe even sometimes venturing into the uncomfortable a little bit just for knowledge and cultural purposes and just broadening horizons and things of that nature. Anyway, I've been working with a meditational teacher and they are uh, exclusive to the transcendental world. And I thought that it was pretty fascinating because as an introduction to that, they were talking to me about why it's important in the first place. And I'd heard about it many times. I'd practiced it as far as undirected on YouTube and guided meditations and things of that nature. Because I do all kinds all the time, as you guys know, who listen all the time. And this one really fascinated me because I wanted to see what the concept was. Everybody kept saying it's really, really easy. It's very good for you. It's really amazing if you can do shorter meditations a few times a day and I try to aim for two times a day anyway usually the guided meditations that I focus on are clearance I do clearing negative energy some of them are manifestation like if I'm having a bad week or if I am looking for the answers to something that I just simply am going in circles about the mysteries that happen in life then I'll just sit back and clear my head and it takes me to a place of peace and anti-anxiety and it gets me restarted this transcendental meditation is a really neat uh and interesting process, if you will, because the whole concept behind it is you've got all these things going on in your head. And sometimes when you sit down to meditate, you have a hard time shutting those thoughts down, right? So you might have 
a to-do list in your head. Maybe you've got to take your kids somewhere. Maybe you've got to do something for work the next day. Perhaps you got to make dinner or set something out to thaw so somebody else can make dinner or both. You know, for me, I've got portioning food on Sundays, so I've got to make sure to shop at the right time and switch things out from the refrigerator, you know, because if I don't, then I could accidentally eat something from the week before, you know, and I don't do that often, but if things get crazy and I'm running around and I'm working with different charities and I'm, I'm in and out the door and maybe we've got a trip planned or something and then I've got, you know, family that I'm talking to and they've got stuff that's going on and friends and this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I forgot about my own, my own headspace, you know? And so all of these different things happen for all of us, right? We've got these responsibilities and goals that we're trying to reach. You know, I've been going at dieting really hard, uh, probably for like the last month or so. I mean, hard exercising every day, told my my friends we hang out with on Saturdays like hey I can't cheat on the diet on Saturdays I've got to be really good I've been you know counting everything again monitoring everything all all the stuff Uh, got a bike and just really being proactive with that and portioning all kinds of varieties of foods on Sundays at any rate it adds like a whole a whole category to life's life's lifestyle, right? (laughs) For lack of a better term, you follow me. Um, anyway, and, and that's cool. Like I like to be stimulated like that. However, um, you know, if, if I'm, if I get too wrapped up in it, then I do get stressed out and I do get burnt out and it's like you're burning the candle at both ends and then you don't realize it until you have one of those days where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I need to breathe. I need to, I need to regroup. I need to get some balance here. And that's what this whole thing was about was, you know, finding a different kind of meditation because I love the meditations that I do, but I'm always willing to learn. Find a different kind of meditation that will kind of shut everything down for 20 minutes or 40 minutes if I do it twice a day and reset myself, right? So I'm going to be talking about that today and some of the Uh, reasons why it's important and a big highlighter is that all of those things that we have going on and all of those things that are affecting us we don't even realize it right you're just going through the motions of life you don't realize the toll that it takes on you physically when you've got these things going on or, or mentally when you've got an entire brain filled with thoughts and ideas and and stuff and it could be positive and negative it's just kind of like tasks right tasks opinions the voice in your head that says why is this like this or what happens if I do this or you know what if the answer to this is this what if I'm wrong and the answer is not this to this you know and it's kind of a vicious cycle well that's something that in psychology I found out through all of this that's called monkey mind right? So I talk all the time about how I have thyroid disease and I get fog brain, right? If I don't take my medicine without food, because it has to be without food with a certain time period, then you get as one of the side effects of thyroid disease in general is fog brain. And I don't even realize I have it until it's too late. You know, when I'm like, what day is it today? (laughs) What time is it? Oh my gosh. I, you know, I thought I just started work and I got so wrapped up in it that now it's, you know, 7.30 p.m., 
eight o'clock and and here we are right where has the time gone or or even during the week I'll get so busy and things will be so crazy that the next thing you know I'll be like oh my gosh it's Thursday and it's a happy feeling trust me because I love my weekends but it's just that that hamster wheel that monkey mind right and how do we crawl out of that space how do we how do I (laughs) bring you guys along with me figure out a way that instead of burning that candle at both ends going back to just burning one flame right or being able to say hey there's not enough time in the day to get all of the things done that I want to get done unless I take a few moments for me and then when I do that perhaps I can trick the system and add some more time to be my best self, right? Because when you're running on a low tank, it uh, is harder to be your 100% mastered self, right? So we're going to be talking about that today. I'm going to go to a quick commercial. And after that, we'll get started. I'm going to be not only talking about a little bit more about transcendental meditation, but I'm going to be moving into a couple different techniques outside of that transcendental meditation that can help you with a reset. Some of the stuff we've talked about already in the past on this podcast, and we're just going to review those things. And then some of the stuff we're going to look in a little bit more molecularly. So I will be back right after this. Thank you everyone for staying with me during that break. Hopefully you're comfortable and you're enjoying your Saturday. I believe that that's the day that this is going to come out. And uh, to link back to what we were talking about before the break, today I'm going to be talking to you about the monkey mind. And it's something that all of us have, regardless if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Uh, We just have a lot of things that are happening. It's a very busy time in the world in general right now. And it's, it's tough sometimes if you don't process these thoughts and you kind of sweep them under the carpet and you've got a lot happening, responsibilities that you have to yourself and other people, ideas that you have in your head, you want to be heard, or you want to be listened to, uh, different things that you're, that you've got task wise, maybe you got to take your kids somewhere, maybe you've got to cook or, you know, any of the things that I had mentioned over in the last segment, But then so many other things, maybe you're a student, you've got assignments you're doing, or maybe for work, you've got things that you're writing or deadlines, right? And, you know, for me, I've got a lot of those things. And then I also have my healthy lifestyle that I'm, I'm keeping up as, as part of the rest of my life, you know, and that is a lot. And, you know, in going at it really hard and being really committed to that, it's a lot of work. That's why a lot of people don't do it, right? Uh, because if, if they took the easy way out, then, you know, it would just be easier (laughs) and, and portioning and measuring and cooking. I think on Sunday I spent like six hours cooking and that didn't count, you know, going shopping for everything and making the mental menu for everything, things like that. And it doesn't seem like it's a lot, but when you add it into everything else that you have going on, household chores that you have and stuff, or worries that you have. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I think everybody worries to a certain extent, or you feel sadness, or you feel loneliness, and uh, or boredom. Uh, you know, like if, if you've got a, a bunch of things happening, and 
you know, you're sitting there and you, your mind does get still for a second. You feel like you're doing something wrong. Like you should be up and running and, and things like that. And there's just gotta be a way in there. I figured that you can turn these thoughts off for a moment and reset the clock. Right. And that was another reason that led me into finding out about this special kind of meditation. I had heard like some celebrities had been doing it and I'd, I'd heard it, it rolled around and so I'd done a few of them on YouTube because you know that's that's I'm, I'm a YouTube person I just absolutely love it and so um, I found some that practiced it and talked about it and educated about it which I loved and then I found a local practitioner here where I live and you can too if it interests you they have a website called tm.org and they ask you where your city is and then they match you with a teacher in your town so that you can go and check it out which is really cool and um I just, I needed to find a different kind of meditation outside of all of the ones that I know, and I know tons of them, but that could shut off my brain and kind of reset. Because when you think about it, whenever you have trouble with your computer or trouble with your phone or, uh, you know, something with your car, you know, if you've got like a more digital, newer, newer age car, they tell you all the time, shut it off, wait a couple minutes and turn it back on, right? Even your TV, you know, if if my cable goes out or something like that, I call the cable company, they usually say, unplug it and wait a couple of seconds and then plug it back in and you should be okay. So that's essentially what this meditation is about for your body, right? You got all these thoughts happening, you're burning the candles at both ends, you're being everything to everybody. All of the responsibilities that you have, you are being that for them, but you're forgetting about what it's doing to you. And essentially, and I've talked about it a million times in this podcast and with other people, especially some of you that are listening to this, is if you don't take care of some of those thoughts or reset your clock or um, realize that something much deeper is going on with your emotions, then you could make yourself sick. I've seen it happen. Uh, nervous breakdowns or or making themselves sick with a disease, uncurable disease like cancer, you know? Not saying that everybody who has stress is going to get cancer because that's not the case. But, you know, you have to deal with these stresses, whether you join a sports team or you have a favorite show that you are committed to sitting and watching and just not doing anything but watching that show, you know? Or going for a walk. I love the sunshine. Uh, you know, and getting that vitamin D in is so important for you. And a lot of people think that sun is like damaging and horrible and you can you can get sick from that too. Yeah, to an extent. I think anything and uh, everything needs to be in moderation, of course. I had uh, one of my friends was in nursing school and one of the things that they were learning about was that too much of anything is not a great thing, right? And when you think about it, there are people that drink too much water. Water's great for you. And I talk about it all the time because I don't like water. And uh, people who drink too much water, you can drown from drinking too much water, right? You think that water's a part of us. It's a part of the earth. It's an element, right? But no, you can, you can drown from drinking too much water, right? And so there, there really is such a thing as too much of a good thing. There's a, a such thing as too much of anything, okay? And so that goes forth with your mind too and, and 
this kind of meditation is a way, from what I understand, I still got to learn it fully, uh, of turning your brain off for a little bit. And one of the guys that is on YouTube that specializes in this meditation, one of the things that he says, I think his name is Bob Roth. He has a book uh, and he's famous. He, he teaches the celebrities and stuff how to do this kind of meditation. But uh, one of the things that he says is, you know, when you think of your mind, think of it as the ocean and how rough the ocean can be sometimes when you look at it, the different waves and how they're hitting each other and things like that. And then how you go deeper into the ocean, how the further you go, the more silent and still it becomes. And that's exactly what we have inside all of us, right? And I think that that's fascinating because it's so true. Uh, you know, we've got this these out, outer exterior responsibilities that we all have every single day. But deep within us, there is a silent spot. And we don't utilize that spot ever, right? And this meditation is about finding that quiet space deep within you. And I just thought that that was so awesome. What a great analogy for that. Because when you go to bed at night you're, and, and your mind has to still, and you guys know I'm an insomniac. Those of you who listen all the time, for those of you who are new, I'm an insomniac and I'm not, I'm not incredibly proud of it. It was not, and I've said this before, it was not a fun thing when I was growing up. I was never, I, you know, everybody thought that I was afraid of missing something, right? Like, she's not going to bed because she's afraid she's missing something. No, it was like I could not shut my mind off. And I have it to this day. And I, I sit at night and, and usually it's like the later it gets in the afternoon, going into the night, the faster my mind goes and the more things I start to think about. And usually I scare myself half to death about things, thinking about the worst case scenario because I like to be prepared for things. Uh, good and bad, right? And that's where it all begins. And next thing you know, it's three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning. And growing up, it was just really hard for me to turn my brain off. And so I've seen different doctors throughout my life to try to get this remedied. And we've tried all different kinds of sleep studies and things like that. And trust me, I love my sleep. When I start, when I am on a roll with sleep, it's on like Donkey Kong. Uh, but unfortunately, most of the time I have a really hard time shutting it down. And so when I first heard of the monkey brain or monkey mind uh, psychology, I identified it with incredibly, but then I immediately thought to myself, well, I have been trying all of my life to turn off these thoughts and I have been trying to calm this down just so that I can get some actual sleep cycles and that are healthy for me and uh, you know if I'm capable of what I'm capable of doing as it is imagine the capabilities of what I can achieve on a regular sleep cycle you know and I mean at this point in my life it doesn't really hinder me as much as anyway that I feel like it does because I've worked around it so much that it's just a part of life. Everybody who's close to me knows that I stay up really late. Everybody, you know, knows not to call me before a certain time in the mornings on the weekends, you know, because that is when I am, I feel okay with, you know, uh going to bed you know whenever because I know that I don't have any responsibilities first thing in the morning on the weekends usually 
uh, unless I'm doing something for a charity or foundation I'm working with, um, and which is awesome. I can I can actually be a very functional, wonderful, and happy morning person when I need to be, because again, when you live that lifestyle all your life, it's just natural for you, right? So. Anyway, I start getting into this monkey mind business and I start understanding about the inner core of who we are. And, you know, I really kind of vibe with that inner consciousness and centering yourself and grounding yourself and things like that because I believe wholeheartedly that our bodies are just our bodies and that what's inside is energy right? And that's why when you walk into a room with someone who's got really good energy, you can vibe with them right away. And usually you feel that reciprocated back to you immediately, right? But if you don't, it's something that you know. And there was there was someone that I, I had known a long time ago. And I just, I knew right off the bat before they even opened their mouth or anything that they just weren't, we weren't going to get along very well. And I don't know why. And this person I saw multiple times like we were it was years and years and years ago and we were in all kinds of stuff together or we had a lot of the same groups of friends who did the same things and it never changed we tried many times to get along with each other because we were in all the same groups and we were all always together and it just never and we weren't fighting with each other it's just that we never made an effort really um, because it just, we didn't get a good vibe from each other. She didn't get a good vibe from me either. Like it was just like that. So, um, it works both ways. And, um, that energy, I think that's within you that, that meshes so well with people. It's, uh, all part of the energy that you have during the day and night. And that energy is the fuel, the flame that kind of boils those thoughts, whether they're good or bad. And that's what gets your mind going, right? Just like any engine. And to calm that down and to bring it all in is something that I don't think that a lot of people sit back other than taking a vacation. And that was something that was in in one of the YouTube videos that I saw. They said that a lot of people go on vacation so they can shut their brain off and then they're like oh I kind of wish that this could last forever I am when I go on vacation um because I get to shut my brain off and I don't have to worry about anything well according to this theory and you know you can see this on Joe Rogan he's got specialists on transcendental meditation and why it's good for you um you can see this on the internet and there's all kinds of articles on it all kinds of videos on it but the the consensus is that if you do this for 20 minutes twice a day that you can restart you can you know shut this computer inside your soul down you can you can do that and kind of flatline for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon or evening you don't have to do it twice but they say that that's ideal and then people can work longer people can work more focused people come up with ideas that they never would have really their their brain is recharged and I just think that that's magnificent and I think also that that's why a lot of celebrities do it because there's so much required of them to do all these things and you know medical professionals or people who are adventure enthusiasts right you think that their life is cake right because they get to go on adventures all the time when really there's a lot of pressure on them to be certain places at certain times and perform a certain way uh, I think that every 
uh, every industry across the world right now. Uh, you know, we've, we're, we're living in a time of inflation and all of the other stuff that's happening. Uh, it adds to the daily stress, your thoughts, your ideas, the way that you're processing things, right? So I looked into that a little bit. So if you're into transcendental meditation, that's a way to calm your monkey mind, right? But that's not all I want to talk about today. Um, I'm also going to be talking about uh, some other ways to alleviate that those thoughts, that those monkey mind thoughts. And with the untethered soul, I talked about the inner voice, right? And I talked about uh, you know, ways to answer that inner voice back. Where's it coming from? Who's there to answer it? Why do you think that way? And maybe you need to peel the layers back and understand where those thoughts come from so that you can make a conscious decision on whether you want to be thinking them or not, right? And so hopefully I didn't lose you guys as I'm talking about this because if you haven't listened to The Untethered Soul or read it uh, or, you know, understand sometimes the way that I look outside the box or think outside the box and then you know hopefully you're vibing with my with my jam right now so anyway I I wanted to go over some different ways that you can quiet that monkey mind okay and uh, again I'll be doing some of these exercises also or realizations about quieting some of those voices because again uh, you know, at least with myself, I get on the hamster wheel. As you guys know, I, I set a certain degree of expectation for myself. And if I don't hit it, I'm very hard on myself emotionally. Why didn't I do this right? Why couldn't I, you know, how could I have done this better? You know, why, you know, why did I make this choice or, or how did, you know, and then I come up with resolutions for it so that I don't feel that way again, you know, and in doing so with everything else, it's like there's got to be a better way to process, right? And rest. And, you know, they have all these sayings and stuff like, why go on a vacation whenever everything's great, you know, and everything can be great, but you just need to learn how to manage what's going on in your own head and kind of spoil yourself when it comes to giving yourself a breather, giving yourself a break. And it's something, it's a spoonful of medicine that I also need to take. So definitely not talking or teaching anything about today that I really don't need to practice on my own, my own. Okay. So one of the things that I found that's useful in quieting the monkey mind is cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, and you'll find this in articles as CBT for short. And, you know, it's not a rare discussion topic, honestly. Uh, a lot of the articles that I read on quieting these thoughts uh, that come through for all of us is, uh, you know, just understanding where these thoughts come from. So it's in it's pretty introvertible. Uh, Cognitive behavior therapy has been shown again and again to help treat a range of mental health issues, not the least, which is the negative voices in our heads. In a nutshell, CBT teaches a person to recognize the negative thought processes they fall back on and consciously create a new thought, one that's based more in reality, to replace it. So as with meditation, here you're also working to rewire the brain over time. Cognitive behavior therapy is the gold standard when it comes to reducing negative thoughts. It works two levels. The first is with your thoughts, helping you to identify them. 
how they're somatically worded, and how they impact your well-being, and finally, how to reframe them. The second level looks to shift your behavior to match your newly minted thoughts. Adding that CBT can ultimately change one's way of being in a larger sense after one learns how to adjust his or her go-to thought processes. The psychological equation usually goes like this. If you think negatively, you behave negatively. So the thought is, I'm never going to get that promotion. And the resulting behavior is that you don't work harder at work. But if you think positively, you'll behave positively. So then it becomes a new relationship. Now the thought is, I could get that promotion. I'm valuable. And the new behavior, you apply for the position and work towards that goal. CBT and meditation have a lot in common. In particular, the recognition of one's own thought processes. So there's a hybrid called mindfulness based on cognitive therapy, which has also been shown to be extremely effective in treating depression and reducing relapse. So that kind of segues it for us into the understanding of mindfulness. Okay, so this can actually be separated from meditation proper and it might feel a little bit more accessible if you're stuck in your head and a quick grounding in the present. The famous description of mindfulness is to pay attention to the present moment on purpose and non-judgmentally. What this means in moment-to-moment ways is that you pull your attention back to what you're doing in the moment, your hands in soapy water of the dishes, your breath, the way food feels in your mouth, the way your body feels in a chair, whether you're feeling stress or ease in your body and so on. Just taking a moment to pay attention to the present rather than what's in your head, which is usually a far off place, can do a lot to snap you out of your head. Another one is color, count, recite, run. As silly as it sounds, the adult coloring book craze has some merit, probably by focusing attention on a specific task. There's not a lot of research on coloring, but a couple of studies have found connection between drawing and stress reduction. Other people may count as a way to focus their minds or say a mantra. These are all subtle ways of focusing on a thing or an activity other than our rambling thoughts. For those who like it, running can be a way to focus attention on the action and the repetition of footsteps, of course, for those who hate running. Other exercises are probably better. Distractions may work, but you have to be careful. Distractions can be a simple way of diverting your thoughts to an activity thought or emotion that takes away the negative thought. For some, distraction, like listening to music if your thoughts are negative, going for a run or talking about a memory that makes you happy can be an easy technique. For others, distraction feels temporary and soon negative thinking takes root again. I can identify with that really well uh, because I listen to my headphones a lot. Either I'm listening to other podcasts or I'm listening to music. I have this massive playlist uh, and it is, I'm listening to it when I'm walking my dog. I'm listening to it when I'm riding the bike. I'm listening to it when I go to the gym. I'm listening to it when I go walking. Remember, for, for those of you listening for a while, I can go for a walk and if I get into my music and I get into my head like that, I will walk to the other side of town. Like I just am not paying attention and I am in my own head and next thing you know, I'm just, I'm just continuing to walk. And so 
Um, I love the distraction of music and I don't look at it as a temporary solution. It really does help me to process. When I'm done and I take my headphones out, I'm not sure how great it is for my ears, but when I take my headphones out, I feel like things have, a lot has processed and I've got an answer. I've got something to look forward to. I've got something to feel better about. I've got hope and, and all of the things that I, I talk about in my um, Life Over Matter podcast page or my Instagram, like a lot of those uh, sayings and things I truly believe. And it is a result of music. And, you know, just to sidetrack for a moment, when I was growing up, I took years of dance lessons and I was a cheerleader and I, uh, you know, we did competitive, uh, you know, cheerleading and, and things of, of that nature. And I think that that is a a huge part of where that love of music had stemmed from. My sisters were cheerleaders and, you know, I just loved music in general, uh, because, you know, my parents were always listening to oldies and things like that. And so to this day, uh, you know, when I, when I hear some good oldies or something like that, it's, it's, it takes me to that time again and I get away from those thoughts and it distracts me from anything that might be stressing me out for the time being and um, motivates me you know if, if I'm if I'm really dieting hard and I'm feeling like stagnant and I'm not making any progress or I hit a plateau or something like that instead of allowing my mind to get me into a discouraged space listening to that music is the get up and go that makes me feel like continuing on and when I take those headphones out I feel like I've achieved something so much greater than just keeping my mind in a positive direction so that I can definitely relate to another one is talking to an actual person barring that right there's a fundamental difference between talking in your head and talking to a person Talking in your head rarely arrives at any great revelation since it's what's floating around and it's often just a bunch of unordered thoughts and worries. But the act of verbalizing these thoughts and worries helps you generate a story and generate meaning to that story. If you can't talk to a person, write it out. That seems to have a similar effect to talking, probably because it falls into the category of creating a narrative. One study on the effects of writing found that it helps both physical and psychological issues, leading the authors to suggest that one mechanism behind the act of writing may be the development of a coherent narrative over time. Others have also suggested that it's the cognitive processing that occurs when one is writing which confers the therapeutic value of the activity. Creating a narrative helps you wrap your head around what's going on, which helps take away the painful circuitry of mind chatter. Practicing acceptance. One of the more effective ways I treat the spiral of anxiety is using radical acceptance or just acceptance, says a licensed psychologist, which is based in acceptance and commitment therapy, which is called ACT. She says that here you try to accept the current reality as it is, however lousy, instead of trying to change it. Rather than struggle and try to change what cannot be changed, you learn to accept it. It could be uncertainty, it could be fear, it could be any of life's difficulties that we cannot control. It's freeing from the cycle of worry because it teaches you to cope and deal with what's happening that's beyond our control rather than try to futile efforts in changing things. Self-compassion is another form of ACT that can help tweak the internal monologue. Having self-compassion is the act of treating yourself with kindness and responding to your anxiety with gentle understanding and soothing. Often, the first response to anxious thoughts is, oh no, here we go. 
I can't take this. I hate this. I hate when I have these thoughts. Self-compassion helps you change the internal dialogue to, it's hard to feel this way, but you can get through this. It also encourages people not to blame themselves for feeling anxious, which makes anxiety worse, but instead to approach it from a place of understanding. That's interesting because sometimes people are just like, you know what? I'm going to throw in the towel. I don't even feel like dealing with this right now. I'm done. I'm spent. Put a fork in me. I'm hanging up the gloves, you know, depending on the difficulty of the situation, you know, emotionally or physically. Sometimes people just do not want to even go there, you know. Um, Another one. Get outside yourself by helping others. I like this one already. Another way to quiet the internal dialogue is to devote some time to an outside endeavor, particularly one that benefits other people or the greater good. Focus on something or someone outside of yourself. Monkey mind tends to be very self-absorbed and it is possible to focus your mind on others, particularly hard at first, but a great habit to develop. Diffuse the rhetoric. A lot of our intrusive thoughts are pretty rhetorical and abstract. There is a specialist that will point out over and over and over again that one of the ways to improve your negative thoughts and have them lose power is to reframe or repeat what's bothering you until it loses its meaning. Cognitive diffusion is a technique that takes a word or a phrase and changes the function of how it impacts you. For example, Studies show that if you take a phrase that you say to yourself over and over again, like, life is meaningless, and reframe it to, I'm having a thought that life is meaningless. Repeating it is the second sentence. Repeating it as the second seconds. Sec- blah, blah, blah. As the second set- sentence takes the negative punch out of hearing it. Similarly, if there's one word that you hear again and again in your head, When you mess up, like stupid or inadequate loser, saying it out loud over and over again aloud dilutes it of of its power. The vital piece here is to take the thought itself and verbalize it so you can hear it. Cool, right? You know, that's really interesting because, uh, you know, verbalizing things makes them real. But if you do it too much, then it takes the importance away from that. And that's exactly what that just said. You know, if, if someone tells you that they love you for the first time, if it's the first time you have this moment where you're thinking, well, they've never said that to me before. But if you hear it all the time, then those are one of the things that over the years, you're just like, yep, love you too, you know, but there you are saying something so many times that it loses that meaning right and so thoughts if you say them out loud even though I believe that the universe is listening and never to say those things out loud but they lose their meaning over time which I think is an interesting perspective I've never considered it but it's obviously been studied psychologically uh, to quiet down those thoughts by doing away with them saying them out loud and having them lose their importance you can also use what's known as positive direction or the positive effect this is another linguistic trick to reword your negative thoughts instead of thinking to yourself i can't do this or i'll never be able to make this goal happen twist the phrasing into positive words that you say that sound alike of course i can be successful or 
I'm going to definitely make this happen to cheer yourself on. Such thinking stimulates the goal-directed behavior, priming the frontal lobes when you use such positive phrasing. So how about that? If you take anything away from this podcast episode, positive phrase your words. That's awesome. If all else fails, there's a lot of tricks that can help you settle your mind chatter, but none will be effective all the time. Sometimes you'll have to forcibly remind yourself that the mind is built to chatter and make predictions, but most of it predicts things that don't actually come true. Think of all the times that the fears in your mind come up with stuff that haven't actually materialized. There might be some small solace in remembering that. And good news is, as the science is showing more and more, that the brain can in fact rewire itself with some practice over time. The methods listed above that I just read are ways to help do this so in time the chattering will be less loud, quiet down more quickly, and have smaller and smaller times of reminder. So I totally agree with all of those things and hopefully covering them were you found something in what I said when I wasn't stuttering my words. I apologize for that. I uh, am in the spiritual room and it's quiet and dark in here and I'm reading uh, like I always do in here, but, um, you know, I've also been staring at, uh, words all day long from my computer. So they're all jumbling together. So I apologize for that. But anyway, hopefully, uh, in some of the information that I read to you will, you know, give you some insight and give you some understanding as to, uh, ways when you're feeling a little crazy, you know, with all of the chaos that happens in everyday life for all of us, uh, different strategies to quiet some of those voices down and breathe a little bit easier. And maybe even if you're feeling like learning something new, learning some transcendental meditation, like I'm going to be learning. I'm really excited about this. Uh, and you know, just even practicing resetting your brain and taking 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, or even like I do, I do 10 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes if I can every day before I go to work and just clearing out the negativity and thinking of positive things and, you know, cognitive behavior therapy, right? That we just learned about or saying the things to your mind that are, more positive about the worries that you have because sometimes and it's so true as mentioned in this article and it's a Forbes article by the way if you want to look it up and you want to go through some of the stuff that I read it's called eight science-based tricks for quieting the monkey mind Forbes you can look it up on the internet and read the whole thing through um but it's you know oftentimes we are our own worst enemy right and you know my sisters growing up with them and the age difference they're they're older than me and you know so they they realized a lot of things way ahead of me they learned a lot of life lessons before me and so it was a blessing they were able to tell me you know in this part of your life this might happen and when it does this is what you're gonna do and you know obviously I had different experiences than the last one and the last one had more you know different experiences than the first but in that in that understanding You know, we all are, you know, when you have experiences, you are expecting the worst and it's a blessing and a curse. And, you know, you can be your own worst enemy, but nine times out of 10, it's not the way it appears at all. It's not, you know, what's bothered you so bad or what's gonna, 
What you're afraid is going to happen is not going to happen. It's just your fears that are taking over those monkey mind thoughts. So hopefully that made sense and it wasn't too vague and we got into it enough that you hear this podcast episode and you're like, huh, you know what? She's right. I'm going to look that article up. I'm going to read it. I'm going to start meditating. I'm going to center myself, center my mind, you know, create that health within my system for my mind and my body and my spirit, which I love. And um, obviously, if you have any feedback for me, I know that it's a weekend day and I went a little over time. So thank you for staying with me the whole way through. Trust me when I tell you that I enjoyed spending this time with you as much as you enjoyed spending it with me. I uh, also am open to discussion. If you want to reach out to me anytime, uh, you can um, leave a message for me on my Anchor website app. Uh, and, and I don't know if I can answer you guys back on that, though. So you could just tell me what your thoughts are. Uh, also, my Life Over Matter podcast page, you can message me on there or you can even email me. My email is evelynkish at yahoo.com. Uh, pretty simple to remember. And uh, we can have a full-out conversation because I love having deep conversations about stuff that happens in the podcast. So uh, with all that being said, whether or not I hear from you or not, uh, this podcast is every Saturday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern, and I really appreciate every single one of you. So uh, I hope that you have an amazing morning, a great afternoon, and a great night. Good night.